listening to the Learning to Believe Again podcast with your host, Brittany Bexton. Where do you begin when you're learning to believe again? Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I have my friend Jamie Verley on today. Welcome, Jamie. Hi. Jamie, could you tell the audience just a little bit about yourself before we continue? Yes, I am a child of God. I am a wife. I've been married for 20 years. I've got two teenage boys and I am just loving life. Love it. So Jamie has an amazing testimony. She's She says she's a child of God. She is. She is also an amazing woman of God. And she loves the Lord and hears from the Lord. And I'm just so blessed to have her as a friend and to have her on today. And she has such an awesome testimony. And I really wanted to have her on because I know there are so many people that are really warring for loved ones, yeah, praying for loved ones. And it's, it's hard to be in that place of waiting for mm-hmm. breakthrough when you're praying for your loved ones, especially when you're not seeing it right away. And sometimes it can look worse before it gets better and it can feel so lonely. But there are so many people that walk through that and deal with that. And Jamie has this amazing testimony about breaking through to the other side of that. And I really wanted her to come on and share it. And, you know, this testimony, our testimonies are the spirit of prophecy. And I knew it would be encouraging to people, but it's also just to praise the Lord for what he's done. So thank you for coming on, Jamie. Oh, and I'm pleasure. so excited to hear more of this story. Yeah. So like I said, I have two teenage boys. So nobody really warns you about the teenage years and the fact that sometimes they can be absolutely brutal. My oldest son really struggled, um, especially in middle school. And there was a lot of bullying that happened. He was called terrible names and um, they labeled him. He was called gay often and he didn't even know what that was. He was in the bathroom um, with a kid one time in middle school, and the kid was actively trying to slit his wrist in the bathroom and told him not to do it. And the guy told him, hey, you're not worth anything. You need to do this, too. That began a very long, dark road for us. And that was seventh grade, seventh grade. So, yeah, I felt like I was losing my son. Um, He became highly depressed very suicidal. I had a plan. I mean, he had a plan and I was actively hiding knives and I had him in therapy and I was doing, I'm praying and everything that I could possibly think of. And it just felt really dark and scary. And then we entered high school and that became another uh, twist of just really chaotic times. We got into a nasty friend group. um, That was, there was a lot of manipulation and control and telling him who he was and, and allowing him to believe that. Well, anyway, middle of his sophomore year, he comes home in tears. And um, so much of the time he felt like he was really shut down, wouldn't talk to me. And I finally, I don't, it had to have been the Lord. I got him into this space where he just felt really safe. And he told me, mom, I think I'm gay. And he was deathly afraid that I wasn't going to love him kind of went on to explain that he thought he was more pansexual. I had no idea what any of that was. That was a whole lesson I had to. I 
don't know either. <laughs> well, so for all the rest of us that are like, we don't know what this is. Apparently, it sounds a lot like bisexual to me. But the understanding was that if he were a man and is naturally attracted to women, but sometimes he likes men, that would make him bisexual. Whereas if he were to prefer them both equally, it's pan. I think I got that right. If I messed that up, I'm terribly sorry. But anyway, that's what he was going with. And so I was just like, okay, this felt like I was just getting rocks chucked at me because it was, I'm losing my kid to suicide. I'm losing him to depression. I'm losing him to this lifestyle. And it's just like, when's it going to stop? And I genuinely threw myself at the Lord's feet. And I'm just like, I can't with this anymore. I can't. I mean, I felt so broken. I felt inept. I felt like this was never going to turn around. I was going places in my mind where I had already mourned the fact I was never going to be a grandma. I was never going to, um, like, I, I mean, I was going to miss out on traditional everything that we celebrate baby parties and all the things like gone. And so I just felt the Lord, he, he was so good. He was so good. He gave me that space to just stew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was like, he was like, okay, are you done yet? And eventually I got to a place where I was like, well, what else am I going to do? I might as well be. And then he kind of just said it on my heart. He's like, you know, this baby boy of yours, he's gone through multiple phases in his life. Think about it. We've been through the Ninja Turtles. We've been through the cars. We've been through, you know, video game after video game after video game that we were into. And it was a whole phase. And we were, this is the only thing that we ever wanted to do. And he's like, Jim, this is just a phase. This is not his identity. This is not who he is. This is not who I've called him to be. It's yeah. a phase. Do you trust me? Well, at first I was like, yeah, I trust you. <laughs> but I kept like kind of, you know, pulling back and taking it back and, you know, just yep. kidding. It's my kid. And so finally I just got to this breaking point where I'm like, I can't fix this. I would drive to work and ugly cry. That is like my thing. I love uh, ugly crying and praying and I could get some stuff done on the drive to work. Yeah. And finally he's like, when are you going to give up? And I finally got to the point where I'm like, listen, I don't know what's going to happen to him. I don't know if he's going to die. I don't know if he's going to end up hurt. I don't know what's going to happen. But I know that I trust you. And he says, listen to me. Did you or did you not dedicate your baby when he was little and the lights turned on? And I was like, well, yeah. I I, I mean, we had the whole baby dedication service at church. And he's like, did you or did you not do that? Yes, of course I did. He goes, listen to me. I am a God of the covenant. I was like, yeah, you are. He goes, I don't take it lightly. If you've given me your baby, he's my baby. I'm going to take care of him. Do you trust me? (laughs) Yes. Okay, then let go. And so I did. I just started speaking over his life. I would wait for him to go to school. I would anoint his bed. I would anoint, you know, anything that he touched. Like I just, I mean, his pillows, his... Yeah, Yeah, everything, the whole desk, the whole nine yards, everything got it. And I just started speaking life over him. I started speaking, you know, that the Lord was teaching him who he was going to be and that he would not be fooled any longer. And so I went through this phase where I did that and it just got really quiet and I waited. (laughs) It was awful. It was like two years. So let's like put this in perspective. It was like two years where I was like, oh, this is just never going to work itself out until last year. And, um, his younger brother, 
had asked him, uh, there was a, like a, a youth group, uh, camp in the winter. It was like a winter retreat. They went, uh, up to Michigan together and he said, you should totally go with me. Now, fun fact that I haven't really added in is that at this point, my oldest was not really sure about church in general. He was very jaded, wasn't sure about the whole Jesus thing, thought I was full of baloney, didn't call himself a Christian. And so that was really tough for me because I felt like I was just in the background. I'm praying, I'm speaking life over him and I'm not seeing anything. So for his brother to ask him to go and the final straw was, dude, just come hang out with me. If nothing else, like you don't have to like get all the stuff. Just we're going to Michigan. Let's go hang out for the weekend together. And so that was, that was what he, he went for. And so he finally goes, I knew in my heart that this was the weekend things changed. And, um, it was interesting. We'd gotten the boys launched for the weekend and my husband, <laughs> my husband came down and he was doing a load of laundry and was going upstairs to put it away. And he comes downstairs and he says, Jamie, I cannot get this feeling out of my heart that I feel like something's going to happen this weekend. And I was like, I, I feel it too. And he's, he says, I just have this feeling that the, the youth director's wife is, is going to have a conversation with him and it's going to change. And I just smiled. I was like, yeah, I feel, I feel like that could happen. So I just secretly was praying this through, was hoping that, that this is the breakthrough weekend that we were going to have. And I get up every morning. I have, it's, it's Sunday morning. Yeah. And I'm, I'm drinking my coffee and reading my Bible and praying and listening to worship music. And, and it's from the worship leader's wife. And she says, Jamie, I just had a conversation with your son. You have a completely different kid. Huh. And I'm just, whew, I was like, oh my gosh. And I just start sobbing, like ugly cry sobbing. So you got, you were worshiping and you got this message from her. I did. I did. It was like 630 in the morning. She's like, sorry for the early text, but I figured you'd want to know. Cause like, she'd been kind of cheering with me the whole time. She'd been praying to him and it was just like, push, 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 gentle. And this weekend yeah. was the, the, the breaking point. And so, um, she sends me a screenshot of him and he's sitting on the ground hat backwards in this hat that says the church. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and the front of his shirt says, I am the church. <laughs> I just started sobbing. I'm like, I cannot believe this is happening. Thank you, Jesus. We had a conversation and I think, I think he's had a major breakthrough this weekend. So I didn't want to jump the gun and act like everything was all better. And so I just was very gentle. I'm like, so bud, tell me. What was your sticking point of the weekend? And he sits down in the chair and he says, Mom, this guy talked about his battle with suicide. And he talked about how, you know, he tried to end it and how God met him. Wow. And his talk really was powerful. He, he said that I was God's masterpiece. And I said, wow. He's like, Mom, that changed everything. I was like, that's really amazing, sweetheart. And so we just left it real gentle. I kind of left it there. And his whole countenance begins to change over the next few weeks. Like I watch him just like he physically was in the middle of losing a bunch of weight because he, you know, had started taking care of himself. His eyes 
changed. There was just a lightness in his eyes. There was a lightness. He was, he would laugh more easily. And I just was like, okay, God, this is good. This is so good. And finally, like middle of March, he says, can we go grab a coffee? Which is always code for, we're going to have a serious talk. (laughs) Love it. I was like, oh Lord, I do not know if this mama can handle this, but okay, what what are we going to do? So we get in the car, I buy the coffee and uh, we go for a drive and we're talking and he's like, mom, you know, this has been a really rough road. And I'm like, yeah, babe, I do. And uh, he says, listen, I got to talk to you. I know I told you that I I thought I was gay. And the more I come home and, and figure out who I am, I'm not gay. Like, cause at this time his friend group was falling apart. This, this, you know, really manipulative friend group is, is crumbling. And that was also really tough because, you know, that was, that was who he hung out with. So now he's really alone, but he's with me. Yeah. And granted, I am not a teenage kid, but you know, we, we, we make it fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, but I kept seeing more joy when this relationship would fall apart. And so he's just like, listen, I think I've been listening to what everybody else has been telling me. And they've been like, so trying to grasp at at straws, figuring out who they are. Mom, they don't know who they are. I go, no, that's true, baby. And he's like, I think I was letting somebody try and tell me who I am. And that's just not who I am. And inside I'm screaming like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> You're like, don't let it show on my face. So Stay calm. Yes. <laughs> and so I was like, you know what, babe? I I'm just so proud of you for where you've come and and who you're becoming. And you know, he starts talking more about faith. And and he um oh gosh, there was a a time, I want to say also around March, where his friend group was falling apart and and he says, Mom, you always just seem to have it together. How do you get through this? And I thought, oh boy. And I just feel this. It's almost like a physical tap on my shoulder. And he's like, tell him it's me. I was like, this could go really, really wrong really quick. And I finally was just like, listen, sweetheart, I can try and formulate some answer. I said, the answer is Jesus. Like when you let Jesus into your problems is when life starts changing. Yeah. And um, he just stared at me. I mean, just deadpan stare because there was, he didn't have a response. And he was like, I want to learn more about this. I want, like, I respect you. I feel like so many people paint an idea of who Jesus is. And I feel like you actually connect with him. And I want you to teach me how you do that. I was like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) So that began our journey of like check-ins. And um, he allowed me to pray with him, which was a first, like, oh my gosh. But then we started checking in and I, we became like, it became a, almost a game. What are you praying about today? You know? And, and so we'd go back and forth. I love that. So it kind of led into that, which led into, let's start reading some scripture. And so I would talk about what the Lord was putting on me to read. And then he would start someplace and start reading. And we just start having a little conversation about it. Until one day in August, he comes up to me again, mom, can we go get coffee? I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> and uh, he says, hey, I think I'm ready to get baptized. And I yeah. said, wow, but that's sure. He's like, 
Yeah, I really think so. I feel like I feel like he's pulling me in that direction, then that it's time. And so we started talking about, you know, what what this would look like. At our church, we do, you know, full water baptism, but also we do these signs. And the front of the sign says like three things that represented you prior to your relationship with Christ. And then you. So the front says three things that represented you prior to Christ. And then the back says three things that you were after. I love that. Yeah. And so we really struggled with it. And I said, sweetheart, you've got a really big opportunity here to be really blunt about where you were because it was in a really dark way. And so, gosh, let me see if I can remember it. He said he was an atheist. He was suicidal and confused. And then the back said, redeemed his masterpiece, Kingdom Son. So good. Yeah. And I don't think there was a dry eye in the house because so many people at our church had really been, you know, aware of his story, aware where it's going on, aware of, you know, this is like a prodigal come home. And it was, the room was electric that day. It was awesome, but it was amazing. He asked me if I would hop in the tub with him and help baptize him. So that felt like such a sweet experience. It felt like, it felt like almost that God was giving me an opportunity to watch him be reborn in this water. And it felt so beautiful after literally just years after years of pain um, that this felt like sweet redemption. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It is sweet redemption. And my pup buddy agrees. You I have- love your pup buddy. <laughs> it is sweet redemption. God is so, so good. He's so good. I just love everything about that. Everything about that. So if you could give the audience, especially, you know, people that have really been praying for their loved ones who have been struggling or in the wrong places, one bit of encouragement or word to take with them, what would it be? Or piece Mm. of advice? Mm. Surrender. I feel like it is so easy to look at how things appear in the physical and get all bent out of shape. And we were never meant to do that. He did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. And one of the biggest tips I can recommend is he brought me through a season of learning to trust him, like on a deeper level than I've ever thought imaginable. And it looked a lot like throwing everything at his feet and acting like I was going to quit and just be like, you know what? He's your kid. And I'm trusting that you are who you are and that you've got him. That would be my recommendation. Lay it at his feet and trust that he is who he is. Amen. That's so good. So good. Thank you so much for coming Mm -hmm. on because I know this is extra vulnerable for you because that's your baby. But I know that there are so many praying mamas and praying sisters and praying brothers and praying friends and praying spouses, you know, that they need that encouragement. Mm -hmm. They need to know that no matter what it looks like, God's working on it and that it's safe to surrender it all to him and trust that he is working on it and that he loves these people that we love Mm -hmm. even more than we do and he can't fail. 
So thank you. Thank you. I know there are so many people that need encouragement and I really hope I, I know that this will bless them. Oh, and it, I hope so. <laughs> yes. So thank you for coming on, Jamie. I appreciate you so much. And thank you listeners for joining us today. I hope this encouraged you so much and just know that God is working. Have a blessed week and I will talk to you next week. Yeah.